What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today's episode is going to be talking about diesel swaps, and I'm going to be joined by Marco from Bad Apple Customs, and we're going to go through some, you know, some things you should think about if you're planning a swap, whether it's budget, horsepower level, the vehicle platform that you want to use, be able to help you save some time and money. Before we get to it, though, I want to thank our sponsor, Kershaw Knives. They've got a really cool discount going right now. It saves 20% site-wide. Just go to kershaw.kiausa.com and use code diesel20. There's uh, a lot of really cool knives and gear that uh, you guys have sent me pictures of and and uh, appreciated the discount. So whether it's something for everyday carry, the work, you know, at work, around the house, the shop, hunting, fishing, anything like that, they've got anything that you'd want really at any budget level. That's what's so cool about their website is no matter where you fall and what you need it to do, there's there's something there for you. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube and you appreciate the, the content, what the guest is telling you, enjoy the show, make sure you hit subscribe and turn on notifications, comment on our YouTube videos, like them. It helps us a ton uh, to being able to grow on there, reach more diesel enthusiasts, being able to bring you know them answers to things they may have questions of. And I do it all the time. I jump on YouTube if I want to know something, and uh, it helps us grow so much to be able to you know reach more of you guys out there. So make sure you do that. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Marco and learning more about diesel swaps. Marco, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm really excited to chat with you today because I love vehicles that have swap diesel engines. And in checking out your Instagram, you do a lot of really cool work, some really awesome builds. So welcome to today's episode and chatting with us about uh, how we can put a diesel in, I guess, pretty much any vehicle that we want to. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's definitely a neat thing. It's It's a little different you know the guy that's got the small block or the the little ford motor or something and he wants something a little more uh giddy up and go and wants that diesel power in their classic or even modern pickup what drew you to starting a business and specializing in this because there's you know i I think of performance shops repair shops um you know there's other places that do like wheels tires lifts things like that but yours is really specialized into doing conversions and, and i was really curious how you got started with it so <clears throat> I was attracted to the diesel motors, specifically the Cummins, um, a while back, just because of the longevity factor, the, the, how built they're, how stout they are built. Um, you know, taking apart my first Cummins and kind of looking at the rods and remember seeing even like a big block Chevy and there's just no comparison. Um, so building them and, and cost effectiveness too, you know, the bottom ends hold up to a lot more power and. Uh, they just drew me towards it, you know, no, no spark plugs to change. <laughs> so this, the, the little things add up and makes it a lot of, a lot of fun. I think that's one of the main reasons it's so appealing. If we're taking, you know, an older truck and, and we want to you know, change the engine and just kind of build it how we want is that robustness and, and being able to put, look how many miles they go or can go. Oh yeah. You know, and there's so yeah. many options. The aftermarket's huge. It's just, it's really appealing with all the choices you have as a truck owner. Yeah. And even, you know, going to a local car show or something and you pop the hood and the old timers come over and they're like, what's that? A tractor motor? You know, they hear the thing <laughs> clacking on the way in and, you know, it, it definitely always draws a crowd. You know, a lot of guys are into the LSs now and they make a lot of power. They're doing a lot of neat things with them, but I don't know, for me, something, something about that noisy old diesel, you know, rolling into the car show, just it turns some heads. Yeah. It's, it's the sound that I think it was one of the first things that, uh, that got me. It was the sound of a 12 valve, you know, or even a 24 valve. They just have that distinct 
yeah, that, kind of exhaust that bark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so with, yeah, tell us a bit about your business because I, like I said, when I was on your Instagram, there's a lot of really cool builds and I'm like, man, I got to <clears> chat with, <throat> chat with Marco. Tell me what you specialize in and, and what, um, you know, your bread and butter is there with, with, you know, with trucks and with diesels and, and what you're doing with them. Yeah. So definitely a lot of classic pickups, um, you know, quite a few doing diesel swaps, We've got a truck in the shop now that we're doing from the ground up. Um, you know, I do a lot of metal fabrication, sheet metal and heavier stuff. And we hand built the chassis for that truck. Uh, it's a 1950 Chevy pickup. So it's going to get a Duramax Allison. Um, and I mean, it goes on from there. I've worked on Impalas with hydraulics, um, even gas engine stuff. But it seems like the, the diesel stuff is very popular right now, even doing the conversions into the older stuff. A lot of guys just want something different. Would you say, what would be the most popular swap that people ask you questions or call in about? Is it, is it Cummins or is it, you know, maybe 50, 50 with Duramax and, you know, one of the Cummins, um, one of the Cummins. Engines? Yeah. A, a, a lot of the guys I'm, I'm into the Chevrolet pickups, the older ones, square bodies. Um, <clears throat> a lot of guys want either, uh, the Duramax engine, because that's what's coming in the newer Chevys. So they want to kind of, kind of stick to that. Um, but then you get some guys that still want that old school, rough and rugged Cummins, you know, that loud, noisy clacking motor. And it's just simplistic too. You know, we, you're saving a lot of, uh, room in the engine bay with, with the cylinders being in a, in a straight row and, um, e they're easy to work on very simple motor. And with the Duramax Allison, is it is it a lot more complex to swap into a different vehicle, or is it pretty straightforward and kind of streamlined? How we think of you know the five nine Cummins can pretty much go into anything, and there's so much support for the electronics, getting it to run, all that you know, all that goes into it. Yeah, I I would say now for the Duramax specifically, um, there's definitely much more available out there standalone harnesses, um, standalone transmission controllers for that Allison. And it definitely makes things a lot easier, especially for, you know, guys trying to build something in their garage. Um, you know, you can get a kit that's kind of pre-labeled um, battery power, key on and um, bracketry and stuff. I know there's many companies that sell motor mount brackets and stuff like that. And even someone who's a little handy can kind of make something to, to get it into their vehicle and kind of, kind of get it to adapt. Yeah, when say somebody's approaching you and they they want to put an LB7 into something, they might also have future power goals where they're going to be going past you know the stock horsepower torque rating. Do you also you know offer options to say yeah we'll throw some billet rods in we can do this crank this heads the head studs you know all, the whole whole nine yards with it? Yeah, definitely. I I try to tell the customer that if they can do it as far as building the bottom end and, and whatnot, do that all now, you know, you don't necessarily need to put the biggest injectors or um, the biggest turbo because that's stuff that could be relatively easily changed versus yanking the motor, you know, yeah. crank rods, pistons, all that. Um, tr try to get the bones of it, the foundation of it stout enough that your one day power goal, um, you know, you're not, you're not being real evasive with it. Now, are when you have a truck come into the shop, are they, is it just like somebody drops off a square body and says, here's the 12 valve, put it in, or here's the LB7, put it in? Or do they sometimes bring them to you where they got stuck and maybe they can't get something to work or they're just not happy with how it came out and they just want it to look cleaner? 
Yeah, I've definitely had both. Um, one of the big things I try to specialize is in the finish work. And that's, that's kind of what separates you know, the boys from the men. Um, making sure fuel lines and everything are routed correctly and neatly. A lot of guys, you know, they'll run down to Napa, grab some clamps and throw it in there. And that's fine. What I do, though, I, I try to just do it to the highest caliber I can and what the customer will allow me. Um, and generally we come up with a game plan, you know, I'll lay stuff out for people, you know, there's, there's all PTFE AN lines, or we can do, you know, Fragola, just standard rubber hose, you know, um, and, and kind of lay everything out so we can get a good game plan and, and understand how the build is going to go. Um, what are some questions, say like two or three or four questions that you always ask somebody when they're thinking about either dropping off the truck or they're going to bring it in like, um, you know, we chat a little bit about power goals and then also, you know, the finish. But what are some other things that you need to know as a builder so you can make sure that the project, one, hits their budget and then two, it visually and also it visually it visually appeals, but then also performs how they want it to? Yeah, so I I definitely, like I said, I like to go over a plan with them um, to understand, like, first and foremost would be like, what do you want to do to the motor? Are we kind of going for a stock application conversion um, where you just want functionality running, driving down the road? Um, and that can kind of, that led, would obviously lead into their budget and also what they want. Um, other things are like, um, what do you want in the truck working? Like AC is a whole nother realm. So now depending on the application, you know, there's adapting the compressors, the, the controllers. Um, so it's, how much functionality budget um and also you know what like power goals like you said uh, do they have plans down the road to make 800 horsepower do they want it to be 400 so we kind of have to weigh out what they need to do and what they can kind of get away with um with what they have when it comes to budget what would you say are i mean how expensive can a swap be and, and not necessarily like just the engine, but all the other things you mentioned, the fit and the finish of it. So I think sometimes we think it's so simple to take an older truck, put a 12 valve in it. It's mechanical. You throw a 47 RH in it and it's just like, it's just really kind of inexpensive thing. But I imagine even those kind of swaps can get up there depending on the choices. So, you know, what all goes into planning the budget for one of these? Yeah. So that's a question I get a lot too, is how much is this going to cost me? <laughs> you know, um, usually before they even drop the truck off. So again, I like to, I like to kind of go over a plan with them. Do you, do you want a stock motor? Um, how clean do you want it under the hood? I, I try to custom fabricate brackets. I make the radiators and everything fit. I don't try I don't necessarily like to cut a lot of the factory vehicle out. Um, so a lot of the cost goes into fit and finish, power goals, um, and what they want the overall build to look like at the end. Um, I mean, you know, some guys, you can definitely go to a junkyard, grab a motor or buy a parts truck and slap it in again, like I said, with some hoses and some worm gear, worm gear clamps and make things work. Um, but, you know, the guys that want to put a fuel system, um, proper cooling, you know, if they want to actually use the truck, uh, you know, a larger radiator, aluminum radiator, all that stuff, it starts to add up. So um, it's definitely on what caliber of build you want. Um, 
I mean, it can, it can be from 25,000 to a hundred thousand, depending on how, how much you want done and how you want it done. Are there places that people can save money in the process? Like, and the reason I ask that is, you know, maybe they're not necessarily set on a particular truck, but they just know they want something older and they want, you know, let's just stay with Cummins for a second. So they know they want to get a Cummins engine. Can they make choices along the way to maybe trim a little bit of that budget? Like, is it less expensive to do a 12 valve versus a five, nine common rail? Um, can they get away with maybe, you know, upgrading the hoses and the lines and maybe save a little bit on the brackets or is it pretty much once you, once you decide you want to do it, you need to know right away. I'm going for a show truck or I'm going for, you know, a 500 horsepower daily driver that I could tow a little bit with, or I just want to just get the engine in and then I'll, you know, complete it down the road. Yeah. The, a big thing is too, I like to try to explain to people too. Some of these people, you know, they, they, they want a six, 700 horsepower truck. And I try to explain to them, I mean, we all love power, but have you driven a six, 700 horsepower truck on the street? When the converter locks and you're making 1,100 foot-pounds of torque, it's it's might be a little more than you need. Um, so I like to definitely go over the motor and what exactly I think they would need for what they want to do with it. Um, as far as you know, materials you're going to buy to put into it, I try to explain to them, you know, do it right, do it once. Um, you don't necessarily need to buy the most expensive lines and hoses, but at least let's buy quality stuff. Um, let's route it and put it in locations and, and do it correctly so that it does last. Um, and as far as picking a motor, um, the 12 valve is probably going to be one of the most cost effective. Um, you know, you get into the Duramax again, like I said earlier, you have, uh, you know, a harness you have to buy to make it standalone unless you want to take on cutting these harnesses apart and trying to figure it out, but it's all on you know, how technically savvy you are with that and how much you can do yourself uh, versus, you know, buying a product that you know you can clip in and, and fire up and go. I imagine one of the toughest parts is trying to explain the power level because we have been so accustomed as diesel enthusiasts to think, I can have a 1,000 horse daily driver, an 800 horse daily driver, 1,200 horse daily driver, but you don't really know what it feels like till you either ride in it or you're driving it every day or a couple times a week. And the build sheet for right. something at a thousand is completely different than, you know, say 600 per se. And there's a lot of money that you're investing into something you may not even like, or may not want. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. And, and one thing about the diesels too, is a lot of people forget is the torque. You know what I mean? That, that torque, it throws you in the seat is what I tell people, you know, like I've had a few second gen Cummins and, you know, seven to 800 horsepower trucks, full built trannies, uh, full manual valve body. And, you know, you got to switch there on the shifter. And as soon as you lock that converter, I mean, your head's in the back of the seat and you're just holding on. Um, you know, it's 70, 75 pounds of boost. It's, it's, a, it's a wild ride, you know. What kind of transmissions or, or options do, do you do on a lot of these builds? Or, like, does the, does the customer say, I want a manual transmission. I just, I want an NV4500 or 5600. Or are there some who lean on you and say, hey, you know what, we're doing this 700 horsepower build or 600. I don't know if I necessarily want to shift all the time. Um, you know, should I do, you know, what kind of transmission do I need? Or, um, you know, where, do the, where does the performance 
parts come involved in these kind of builds for you as a builder? Um, so I, I imagine a lot of people say, hey, I want 700 horse, but they might not know about injectors, which turbos, exhaust manifolds, injectors, CP3 if it's common rail, and they probably lean on you a lot for your recommendations for, for those upgrades. <clears throat> right, yeah. So I definitely ask them what they're going to do with it. Um, you know, street-driven track truck. I want to tow my trailer. I want to, you know, um, tow my camper or, or, or what, what it may be. Um, so that definitely plays a role. I, I have so many power recipes written down from just trying stuff. Um, all different from 12 valves to Duramaxes. Um, it all comes down to kind of what they want to do. Um, and even like the, going back to the transmissions, the manual thing, um, the manual transmissions, you know, can be better for towing and stuff like that. Some guys like them for that application. And then some guys just want to go fast and put the power to the ground. They don't want to be thinking about shifting while they're holding their coffee, you know, or doing whatever. <laughs> That's so, me. so they'll lean, they'll, they'll <laughs> lean more towards the, uh, the automatic, you know, cause you can cruise around and still enjoy the truck. Like you said, you got a thousand horsepower daily driver. And the benefit of the diesel is, you know, like a gas engine, you got a thousand horsepower gas engine, the thing's chopping and you're running 110 in it. And the diesel, you can cruise around on the highway, go get ice cream with the kids, come back and, you know, if someone pulls up uh, up next to you in a Hellcat, you can still, you know, give them a run for their money. <laughs> now, behind so. you, we were chatting a little bit about that uh, that fleece engine, and it, I wanted to ask you about the 6.7 Cummins, because I've seen that swap gain some traction, and over the time of doing the podcast, I've known of a few guys who have put them into, um, you know, older vehicles. Is that something you're starting to see become more popular, or do people really just focus in mostly on doing a 5.9? Yeah, the five nine, like I said before, is a cost-effective option. But the guys that just want to be in that next tier, they usually lean more on the six seven. And I push that too because it's just a more modern motor. The cylinder heads flow so much better. Um, you know, the, the the tuning aspect of it. It's nice with the five nine being a mechanical application for simplicity. But um, with being able to tune these motors and being more modern in the way they're set up. It's, uh, it just brings you into a whole other power level. Um, and, you know, they still have that stout bottom end. So as far as upgrades with that, you don't necessarily have to go as nuts as you would in, say, a gas engine um, and still be able to have that reliability factor. And now also, you know, like the market for standalone harnesses, um, transmission controllers, all that has come a long way. You know, like I said, you can open up a bag and it's labeled. Uh, battery power, key on power, and there's a lot more plug and play available. Do you find that it's easier to find parts for the six, seven builds versus the five nines? Cause they're getting, you know, they're getting up there in age and, and we see a lot of times parts get discontinued or there's a, like a transmission mount bracket might be hard to find or just other things. So is, does it make it easier from a builder's perspective with a newer platform that's currently supported? I would say that they're pretty equal. I would say the five, nine is still the good old trusty, you know, um, you can still find a ton of stuff from multiple companies. Um, the six, seven, same thing. They, there's a ton of stuff out for them. Um, from fleece, Firepunk, all those guys make a bunch of nice stuff for them. Um, and it's just what you want to do again, you know, how, uh, 
how far you want the build to go and the six, seven, like I said, I always try to push for that just because being more modern and being able to make that higher power level with, with less parts, you know, has anyone ever approached you or do you have anything in the pipeline to do a power stroke swap? Not really. I don't get too many <laughs> Fords. Um, you know, we're putting a five, nine, 12 valve fully built. I mean, uh, aftermarket cylinder head and all actually in a 68 Dodge with an 18 speed Eaton behind it. The guy just wants that old tractor motor, wants that noise, um, and still have that reliability. Um, but no, not too much Ford related stuff here, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. It tends to be more like Cummins and Duramax, but I have seen some builds out there over the years where somebody's, you know, put a seven, three into, you know, an old Ford pickup truck or something like that. But I, I know the Ford guys would definitely want me to ask you that, that question. What are, what are three things that you think three mistakes people make when they're considering doing a swap? Is it budget? Is it not knowing the platform? Is it maybe in trying to do it themselves, messing it up and then having to pay labor to undo what they did or what three things would you tell people to avoid before even getting into this project? Yeah, de definitely like anything um, would be, don't do something you're not comfortable with. You know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna try to take on a project like this, at least do a lot of research, try to dig in and understand what it takes, what goes into it. Um, you know, you can't just, throw a bunch of money at these motors and, and, and toss it in your OBS Chevy with your one core radiator and think the thing's going to stay cool while you're beating the heck out of it. You know, um, there's definitely parts that need to be, you know, um, put in with the builds to, 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 for longevity and also just to make everything work correctly. Um, one of the other things would be just do your research too, as far as budget um, you need, you need a fair amount of parts to get these things in. You can toss them in, like I said, with cheap parts, but you're going to be chasing problems left and right. And uh, a lot of the stuff you want to be strong, you want to be built stout, engine mounts, transmission mounts, the frame of the truck, the chassis, you know what I mean, can bend and twist because, you know, you take an older pickup, it wasn't meant to have a 1,200-pound motor in it. So all that stuff should be braced properly. Um, you just definitely need to do your research and, and understand what it takes and what goes into it or ask someone, you know, like myself or, or someone who's done it, what does it take to, to do this? What are some of the most fun projects or kind of your favorite builds you've done over the years where you look back at it and just think, man, that, that truck was fun to build or I really liked it. <clears throat> yeah, we've, we've done a lot of neat stuff. Um, I've put four BT Cummins um, like into a Jeep Comanche which I hadn't really seen much of um, a lot of guys put them in the XJs or the land cruisers, but the, the Comanche pickup truck there. Um, like I said, in the shop, we're doing a, a 50 Chevy pickup, which is complete custom chassis with the Duramax on, on air ride and all that. Um, and I, I always go back to the square bodies. I'm a, I'm a sucker for 80 Chevy pickups. They got great style and they're super popular right now. And they have been, um, and that motor, it just, it's almost like it was meant to be in that truck. It, it, it fits right in there. Um, not too much modification to the sheet metal and whatnot, as far as the size of the motor. And it just seems to work. Um, but just, we've, we've done a little bit of everything. And um, like I said, I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. Once you get into the diesel stuff and the torque and all that and, and playing around with it, it's, 
it's a whole new thing from gas motors. I just thought of a question to ask you when you were mentioning the 4BT. I know Cummins has, I think it's a 2.8 liter um, diesel that they have. And some of the OEMs do have kind of these crate packages. Do you find that those work well for these kind of swaps? Or is it still just as much a labor and investment to do, you know, to put a 12 valve in a, a square body Chevy or put a Duramax in an older GM truck? Yeah, I mean, the benefit of buying something like that in a crate um, is most of the time it's new or, or, you know, has very, very little hours or miles on it. Um, so it can speed up the process of a build. You know, you don't have that tear down and rebuild. A lot of the old Cummins, even the Duramax motors, you know, you're yanking them out of 04, 05, you know, trucks. The Cummins were, you know, the P-Pump motors at least were 94 to, you know, 2002. Um, so most of the time you're rebuilding them or you find something with low miles and you kind of just freshen it up and go through it. Um, but it's, it's could definitely speed things up, obviously being, you know, a fresh motor on a pallet ready to go painted most of the times. One of the downsides when I, when I was thinking about it or when I saw that they released it was, you know, it seems very streamlined. I order it, I get it. It's got a harness, it'll run, but where's the aftermarket for it? I don't really know of a lot of places off the top of my head that have the immense aftermarket for some of these factory, you know, diesel like that 2.8 compared to a 4BT even or a 5.9 or a Duramax. And so I thought, you know, if I was ever to do something like that, I would definitely think what kind of aftermarket support do I have to maybe hit a higher power number or be able to customize the, the build a little bit more than you know, more than I may initially want. So I was really curious, you know, kind of your perspective as a builder, you know, with that, if it's something that, you know, it seems cool on paper, yeah, you can get it, save a little bit of time. But I imagine if somebody's calling you to do a diesel swap, they're into customizing stuff and they're going to want to do more than just put a stock engine in. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time, I mean, like ordering a motor like that, you kind of have to go into a mindset with it where you're going to keep it pretty stock. Yeah. Um, even like the eco diesel stuff, there's some stuff out there now, but like it's nowhere compared to, you know, the, the Duramax or the uh, six cylinder Cummins applications. Um, there's just so much aftermarket. There's so many companies that make stuff and that can help with budget too, because you can kind of shop around and understand if you need full billet or if you need the same bracket that's made in steel will function the same. Um, but I mean, it's it's all on what you want to do some guys want to put a mercedes motor in something just to be different mercedes diesel um you know and stray away from the cummins or the duramax or the power stroke um just get into something german or uh, it's all it's all on what the customer wants yeah yeah sometimes we get requests for those and i did an episode probably four or five years ago with a shop in england that does mercedes om606 motor and yeah it's cool um but it's like it can be so hard to do a podcast about them because like who do i chat with or who do i ask about eco diesel right. stuff or you know the, the the smaller duramax or the 28 cummins and it i just know just covering diesel stuff it can be hard for me to even just talk about it let alone build it to a specific use that i may have as a truck owner or a vehicle owner yeah it's definitely a lot more limited when you get into that stuff that wasn't you know a, a, a around for as long as production or you know, um, there was not as much of an aftermarket demand for it. You know what I mean? For sure. 
you know, one of the tough parts um, about doing a podcast is like, you know, we're chatting. Those, those are our listeners who follow us on YouTube. They're going to see us chatting, but people really need to go to your Instagram and you know, your website and see what you do. Cause like I said, when I scrolled through it, I'm like, man, this is some beautiful stuff. Like it's not just, yeah, thank you. Hey, I put this engine in and Hey, it starts and it goes down the street. It's like, I just want to look at it. So how can our listeners find, you know, find you on social media, your website, they might have questions. I, I probably didn't ask something I should have for somebody's build out there and they want to reach out and say, Hey, I got this idea. Can you help me with it? Or, um, you know, what's your opinion on, you know, doing this yeah, particular build. Definitely on Facebook. Um, it's bad apple customs I'm located in Rehoboth, Massachusetts. Uh, Instagram would be bad apple custom fab with an underscore. Um, and they can go there, check out stuff, send me a message. If you got questions, um, like I said, I've been doing so much with the Cummins and the swaps and everything. I, I have stuff written down that I just sometimes flip through because I forget even what I used for certain stuff and it just it it helps when going through when someone can point you in the direction you know because it can take hours you know to research and figure out what's going to be best for what you want to do or even figure out a problem yeah and it, well it's a lot of a lot of money that they're investing and also a lot of your time so uh, you know you want to make sure as well that the customer has the expectations they thought about everything so when you're going to invest however long it takes you to to do this project that it's meeting their goals. So you got a happy customer and then the customer's happy because they got a vehicle they've always wanted and it looks fantastic. That's it. Definitely. Well, I, uh, I appreciate you, um, you know, being on today, chatting with us, answering these questions. I love talking about swaps cause it's like combining these iconic trucks or even cars with this passion that we have for yeah. diesel engines. Two, two things that were never meant to be and, they you know, work. Somehow they wind up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they work. It. Yeah. So again, thanks for uh, thanks for being on today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Don't forget, diesel fans. Make sure and head on over to Kershaw.kiausa.com. Use code Diesel twenty. You'll get twenty percent off site wide. It's a great way to save some money. They've got knives and gear for any budget, um, any use you might have, whether it's everyday carry, hunting, fishing, at home. Um, at work. I've got a ton of ton of cool stuff there. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, you like the episode, you, you like uh, the information that the guests are sharing, make sure you hit subscribe on our channel, turn on notifications, comment on there. Let us know uh, if you like the episode, if, if there's questions you have, we do go back and, you know, follow the, the comments that are on there. And so if there's, you know, a question we didn't ask, we'll get them back on and, and make sure and ask that. Um, as well. I also want to thank our Patreon supporters. The, it's a tremendous help, you know, the, the support that they've given us to be able to, to grow, do different things visually with our audio, um, our graphics. So I want to thank Tyler Lowen at 23 Diesel, um, Texas Diesel Supply, also Caleb, all of our patrons, all of you subscribe on YouTube, podcast apps, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we thrive off of your guys' recommendations, episode suggestions, the feedback you give us. That's why we're going to four episodes per week to be able to cover all the things you guys want to know about. So we wanted to thank you and look forward to bringing you more of these episodes that, episodes that you want to hear. Till next time, keep the shiny side up.